0: knocking the door now, like one of our neighbour's kids will say, we're getting the drone to be here in 15 minutes, like, and everyone is still out looking at it, you know, it's
1: fantastic. Hello and welcome to our first ever episode of the Sifted podcast, brought to you by our partner, Zendesk for Startups. Sifted is the new media publication telling the stories of Europe's top entrepreneurs and the businesses they're building. I'm your host, Michael Stothard, editor of Sifted, And in this podcast, you'll hear from the humans behind the stories, including the founders innovating our futures and the people whose lives are changing as a result. We'll be speaking to the journalists who broke the stories, as well as highlighting need-to-know sector info on some of Europe's most cutting-edge industries. We'll also introduce you to my five-year-old daughter, Eliza, who will be putting founders through their paces as London's newest and shrewdest investor.
2: I think it's very interesting. Have you tested
1: it yet? More from Eliza later, but this week we are looking into the curious story of how a drone delivery trial sent a tiny Irish town into a Jetson-like future. Here to take us through the story is Sifted's innovation editor, Maya Palmer.
3: Hi, Maya. Hi, Michael.
1: So tell us about Oranmore, what Mana Drones is doing there and how you came to the story
3: well you've kind of given it away in say mana drones so we're talking about drone delivery drone delivery of all kinds of everyday items which was a trial that mana started running sort of October 2020, just as Ireland, like the UK and like many countries in, in Europe, were really in the throes of sort of a long series of lockdowns. And they started this trial where they would deliver all kinds of items. They were operating off the top of a Tesco supermarket, but they were flying all kinds of items from local shops and cafes. To people and or and more, just to put it into context, it's it is a small town, west coast of Ireland, population of I think ten thousand, and this trial sort of caught my eye because drone delivery in itself is not really a new thing. There's been various kind of things going on. A second time, CNBC disruptor Zipline International is expanding its drone delivery services in Africa. The company's drones have made more than thirteen
1: thousand deliveries since launching in Rwanda three years ago. It supplies more than half
3: of the country's blood supply. We had the zip line flying medications across vast swathes of Africa to places that were very difficult to reach by road. And these were all very worthy things that we were doing, but it just didn't feel like it was coming to kind of people's everyday lives. So I felt like the one in Orin Moore was kind of the first time that it was really touching the lives of people like me. So I wanted to look at how that was working. And the other really amusing thing about it was that Bobby Healy, who started the company, he's obviously, he's a kind of a big celebrity in Ireland, having made a a lot of money through his car trawler startup. So he's somebody that you want to take seriously if he has a business idea. But also, I love the fact that his reason for starting this was utterly trivial. You know, he wasn't thinking about saving people with organ transplants. I mean, he was looking for a late night snack.
4: I live in in a suburb of Dublin. There's about 25,000 people in the suburb I live in. But you cannot get Delivery from Deliveroo, Uber Eats, or Just Eat. I'm only five miles outside of the city centre. All three platforms operate in Dublin, but they don't deliver to my house. And none of the restaurants that are around me or retailers for that matter have delivery services because it's not profitable to do it. And I'm sitting in my lovely back garden, loads of space. You know, I was thinking, sitting there, a couple of glasses of wine, I'd love a bag of chips. There's no legal way for me to get that bag of chips other than walk to the chipper. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to build an app uh, called Bag of Chips app. And it's going to use standard off-the-shelf drones. And it's going to just carry a bag of chips. You hit the icon, you get a bag of chips. But while I was doing that, I was, you know, actually applying some thinking to it and doing some studying of the delivery market. And I learned quickly that this is a huge market. It's a two 300000000000 billion market that is absolutely broken. The economics don't work. The cost to get a road-based delivery, to operate a road-based delivery is between 6 and $9. It's costing the platform between 6 and $9 to get that bag of chips to a customer. I said, you know, the bag of chips only costs two quid. That's broken.
1: I love that from Bobby Healy. I can just see him sitting there and eating his bag of chips, coming up with genius startup ideas. So Maya, this works in Bobby Healy's suburban garden, I suppose, but does it only work in the suburbs? What about cities?
3: Yeah, so I th- I think it isn't really going to be a city application. I think Bobby's pretty clear about that, actually. And, and there's all sorts of problems for drones in cities. So, you know, there's kind of thermal updrafts that can make the flying difficult. And also the question is, like, where can you land? So if you're delivering something to a big apartment, block, then, you know, like, where would you actually deliver that you have to still people would have to come out and go into a parking lot or something to receive their delivery. So it just doesn't make sense. And in cities, I think, you know, I mean, we should just this huge amount of investment into all kinds of quick delivery services with people on on bikes and scooters, right? So I don't think that there's any need for it. And it would struggle, I think, to compete, you know, compete with that. And it's not the right technology. But I think when people think about what the delivery landscape will look like, I mean, there just will be like multiple different options. And and if you are talking about kind of a a suburban or rural environment, then I think a drone that can go much further faster is going to be the, the right thing.
1: that's a shame for me because I live in a city and I'd love a bag of chips delivered by drone so Bobby and his team started building this company Bobby as you say is a really big deal in the startup scene in Ireland so he gets the company underway and they now have this trial in Oranmore. can you tell us a little bit now how it went how have locals customers local businesses responded to this whizzy new technology
3: yeah so this was again where I think the biggest surprise comes in, right? Because, again, when I spoke to Bobby about it, he said, look, everybody is going to order a drone delivery once. You know, you'll order a drone delivery to bring you a bag of sweets and you'll do it for the novelty effect. So the big question is, will you ever do it again? And so they wanted to see whether they could get kind of repeat business and they did. And But then it got even funnier because they started to look at what people were buying with it and it wasn't sort of what you expect. Again, it wasn't sort of you know, big ticket items. It was one of the strangest combinations was the sort of nappy cream and a head of broccoli in the same order. And again, you can imagine that maybe if you ran out of nappy cream and you'd got a very small baby, you needed to get it then and there. So it was enough of an emergency for you to want to, to, you know, get it delivered by drone. But then you threw in a head of broccoli because why not? You're getting the drone anyway. But they found this pattern where people were using it for kind of very everyday things. So here, for example, is Siobhan, a local mum who talks about the way that her family started to use it on a repeat basis.
0: So I'm Siobhan O'Neill. I'm from More & More. I live here with my husband, Stephen, and my two kids, Jack and Hannah. They're twins, age seven. And I suppose we found out about Mana because it was kind of advertised before they started up. We could get a knock on the door now, like one of our neighbour's kids will say... We're getting the drone, it'll be here in fifteen minutes, like and everyone is still out looking at it, you know, it's fantastic. But yeah, I still use it, I still use it for the kids, but also maybe on a Saturday morning if I'm feeling extra lazy and I want breakfast and I don't wanna cook it and I don't wanna get out of my pajamas. You no, know, something I'm not gonna cook at home, like I'm not gonna get up and cook myself French toast, but do you know what? Some morning I might I might fancy it. So yeah, you can have your French toast, you can have your croissants, you can have your coffees. The kids can get a hot chocolate. You know, it's, it's
3: fantastic. So that was Siobhan talking about how the drone deliveries were kind of both a source of entertainment, but also something that, you know, her family did on a repeat basis. What was really interesting was that the number one item for delivery turned out to be coffee. And you have to remember that at the time of this trial, they weren't really allowed to fly the drones at night. So they couldn't really get into the big market for deliveries of takeaway food. But coffees, you know, mid-morning, morning morning coffees, afternoon coffees, and that kind of thing became sort of the number one item. And I think now we've got Linda, who's a local coffee shop owner, talking about how that really became quite a big part of their business, especially during lockdown.
5: I'm Linda Lydon. I own two coffee shops in Ornmore Town called Brasco Coffee Academy. Uh, We've been trading for 15 years in our great town, Ornmore. Mana approached us back in October. Um, We had been in and out of lockdown at the time. So it was for our business, it was definitely a very, you know, a turbulent time for us. And we were trying to diversify and find ways to stay open. So the timing that I came along was perfect because they were like, we just want to fly your coffee to your customers. We were like, great, amazing. The feedback we were getting from our customers was like, can you please send us coffee? Like, we really don't care how it comes. We just need our coffee. So I I think like me, like most people had this image of coffee, like flying through the air, like spilling everywhere. Like it's just like a cartoon or something, but no, it's not like that at all. It's really safe. It's in this enclosed container and then it drops very gently to the customer when it arrives and the quality is really good. So yeah, the feedback has been really positive.
1: So that was the lovely Linda talking about her coffee shop in Oramore. But it strikes me that this trial came at a really perfect time during coronavirus. People were stuck inside bored and craving a bit of excitement, but at the same time could really use deliveries that didn't come from people who could be vectors for the virus. So it seems like a perfect storm for this trial to be received so well. Do you think it would have worked if not for COVID?
3: I think it undoubtedly helped, and as it did all sort of delivery services, right because when we couldn 't go to supermarkets and you know every single delivery service, whether it was by drone or 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 by some other courier, you know became rushed off its feet and, and there is a big question about what, how much of those habits that we picked up will stay and and, and they 're all thinking about that, but I think there are some areas in which you know drone delivery is going to remain the best option so as long as it's still cost effective as long as it doesn't cost me more than say I don't know three to five pounds you know for things like fast food it's going to be far superior because instead of waiting for half an hour 40 minutes and it arrives at my door and it's already slightly cold you know I can get it in three minutes and It's piping hot straight from the kitchen, so why wouldn't I do that so i don 't think I think in some sectors they will remain the kind of like the popular option and it 's interesting though because you know and I think also in other ways that we have tasted all these new ways of doing things, so uh you know the ritual of going into say the coffee shop might be turned into a ritual of of something else, and I think you know, we're going to hear just now from Linda talking about how she feels like there's almost this new culture that's been built around it in Oranmore.
5: We had closed completely at the start of the pandemic when lockdown arrived initially. And yeah, it made a big difference to us that we could reach customers that we know really well and that are very important to us. And it was the hardest thing for me in lockdown that these customers were now going to miss out on this ritual that we had every day. So it's starting to build. I think we would really miss it now in the community if we didn't have it. Like It's starting to become part of part of the town.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Zendesk for Startups. Zendesk helps startups build lasting customer experiences from day one. With the Zendesk for Startups program, startups get customer support software for free for six months. You'll get access to expert advice and a community of founders and customer experience leaders to help you build the foundation for long-term growth learn more and claim your free six months at zendesk.com forward slash sifted so what about safety Maya? you have these two meter blades whizzing above people's heads and schools dropping packages left right and center this is potentially dangerous no a drone's going to be dropping parcels on kids heads
3: yeah, I mean it's this is like the biggest hurdle for drone companies. It's not that it's not safe. It's it's convincing people that it's safe, right? And the thought of somebody spilling a hot curry on my head as I'm sort of harmlessly walking down the street is is not an appealing one and I think that's what comes into people's minds. So, the drone delivery companies do quite a good job of talking about how all the different measures that they take to ensure safety and so i think we can you know bobby for example will give you a very good spiel of on that which we can hear now
4: drone delivery is a is a new space it's frontier technology but it's also technology that uses the airspace in your community right so we're flying below 500 feet we're sharing the air now not not just with birds but with general aviation with helicopters Ambulance, helicopters, military, uh, general aviation, you know parachutists, you name it. there's, there's things in the air and we're new. Uh, we're the new kid on the block and we're flying 20 kilogram aircraft in, in that airspace. So there's extremely tight prescriptive regulations around what you can and can't do and how to make sure that what you do is safe. When we get over your house, we, we'll arrive at over your house at about 50 meters. As we start to descend, we're scanning the area with LIDAR and radar to make sure there's no humans underneath. We descend to about 15 metres and always scanning. Once we get to 15 metres, we open the cargo bay doors. It takes about six seconds to exit the aircraft to get to the ground. And that's it. Then we hit the accelerator and ascend and bank forward and fly home.
3: So obviously from that, you know, there's an awful lot of technology like LiDAR, the same stuff that's been going into autonomous vehicles to to scan for pedestrians and other obstructions, right? So Bobby's talked an awful lot about the technology. And one thing I would say is that the aviation regulators are are very, very serious about this. They've been looking at this an awful lot. But MANA has just got a, a license to operate as a sort of light unmanned drone service across Europe. So it's starting to get permission to do this. There are still lots of hurdles. One of the next things, if you're really going to do this kind of delivery seriously, you need to be able to fly the drones out of the line of sight of the drone operator, which, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, you you have to sort of remain within sight of the drone. And that means that it's really just one drone operator operating one drone at a relatively small distance, right? That's not going to make any sense for a scaled-up delivery service. You need to be able to have these drones flying, you know, quite a lot further away and semi-autonomously or, you know, not very much controlled minute to minute by by the drone operator, right? So, you know, and the the regulators have to become convinced that that is safe and doable. And also it's not so much actually that the drones would, would necessarily fall on us, but that they wouldn't then fly into, yeah, helicopters, that they wouldn't get entangled in power lines and destroy Things in other ways, and you know, if you remember the the situation around was it Gatwick Airport that got shut down by a rogue drone? I mean, again, if you're going to have a lot more drones sort of making deliveries, you're going to have, to have sensitivities around places like airports, etc. So there's there there is quite a lot of kind of aviation regulation to work out. But then on the other hand, you know, a lot of the aviation authorities are kind of quite well disposed to trying to work out solutions to doing this. So they're not saying no; they're just saying. You know, let's let's just move cautiously.
1: Uh, but if they take delivery drivers off the road, that's presumably good for safety and fewer traffic accidents and less pollution, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. And and that is one of the arguments for, uh, that a lot of these drone delivery companies make is that they they do actually improve road safety. If you think about, you know, you have sort of. 20,000 bike accidents happening and some of those are delivery drivers right so if we're not crowding everybody onto the same roads where they're likely to crash into each other if we're flying some of those deliveries overhead then you know there may be a trade off where it everything becomes safer and also there's the the other argument that they often make is about the sort of sustainability aspect of this because they're the battery powered drones so this is obviously cleaner energy you know if you could get a couple of highly polluting you you know, diesel vans off the road as a, a result of this, then again, you know, you you were improving people's living environment. And, and that's the other reason why I think you're going to see that a lot of local authorities, you know, city councils are actually relatively well disposed towards this as an idea. So, you know, um, Coventry, for example, has built this urban aviation hub, which is designed it's it's kind of a showpiece it isn't there isn't a lot kind of coming in and out but if you speak to city officials in Coventry I mean they're quite enthusiastic about at least trialing this idea that look let's not have 10,000 vans going around the city all the time let's see if we could move some of the routine deliveries into the air so I think it's not going to be as difficult as you would think for the drone delivery companies to kind of establish themselves in some places.
1: Would you use this, Maya? You don't live right in the middle of a city. Could you see yourself using this? And if so, what would you order?
3: Yeah, I would definitely use this because I have a garden and I have children who need amusing. And so that it, it seems ideal for that Siobhan type scenario, you know, if the kids were bored. I would I, I probably would get, I mean, I've got quite a good coffee machine, so I wouldn't order coffee, but I would definitely, do you know what? I think I would get like late night, late night chips, late night curry, that would be my first order.
1: Me too, me too. I'm right there with you. I'd get sweets for the kids when they're being very difficult. Like a big treat would be the drone Haribo delivery. I'm absolutely with you, Maya.
3: Yeah, that's going to be the best. I mean, it's like an entertainment and food delivery in one like what's and and for like five pounds i that's i can't get over the fact that they are actually trying to make this you know affordable so it's not just for some uh, you know a high ticket item for rich people like we can actually use this in everyday life hopefully
1: well there's our sifted reporters expert take thank you maya and in just a moment we're going to hear bobby healy being grilled by my five-year-old daughter come angel investor eliza But first, to put this conversation into context, here's our producer Georgina with the Sifted Intelligence Unit Need to Know Info on the drone and delivery sector.
2: Hey everyone, it's Georgina here, bringing you a rundown of what else is going on in the drone delivery sector. First up, let's take a look at where the drone delivery hotspots are. According to Statista, the Asia-Pacific region accounts for most of the revenue being generated with 39%. North America is next up, making up 30 percent of the market, while Europe represents 21 percent. To get an idea of the size of this market, in the U.S. alone, the drone delivery sector was estimated to be worth 528 million U.S. dollars in 2020. That's predicted to climb to 6.7 billion U.S. dollars by 2026, according to Facts and Factors Research Group. When it comes to European businesses trying to take a slice of the drone-delivered pie, MANA Drones isn't the only player out there, even if it is the most heavily backed by investors. According to Dealroom, MANA has scored 27.5 million in investment to date. Meanwhile, Wingcopter from Germany has raised 21.9 million euros. And while not strictly European, Flytrex from Tel Aviv has raised 16.8 million euros. Others in the space include Skyports, based in London, and Dronamics in Bulgaria. But even though investors are being attracted to the drone delivery market, early trials haven't been without hiccups. In 2019, the Swiss Postal Service had to cancel a collaboration with U.S. startup Matternet after two drone crashes in the same year. But this hasn't put regulators off. In 2020, the European Aviation Safety Agency published a new Europe-wide regulatory framework saying they hoped it would allow businesses to go ahead and implement new innovative service solutions. This means we're likely to continue to see more startups popping up in the space and more drones in our skies. That's the Sifted Intelligent Unit's briefing on the drone delivery sector. But now let's put Monodrones Drones and Bobby Healy to the real test with our first ever episode of Baby Shark Tank.
4: Vor-
1: I love doing
4: that, baby shop. Well, hello, Eliza.
1: Hello.
4: <laughs> my name is Bobby and I'm from mm-hmm. Ireland. And you know what I do? What? I build little airplanes. Do you Isn't see my, my aircraft behind me? Can you see that? Yes. That flies. That's oh. an airplane. Have you tested it yet? Yes, we tested it on little girls and little boys and they love it. you know what they do? What? They order jellies and chocolates and crisps. And we fly from the shop to their house. And <laughs> we, we come over to their house and we open the doors and we put the sweets and the chocolates on the ground and eat it all. That's what I do, and I live in Ireland doing that. I'm kind of like Santa Claus, but I do it every day. Oh. So Eliza, what do you think of what Bobby does? I think it's quite very interesting. So you invent planes and then you fly them all around. Um and and children of all the things from and you. Get in the plane and
5: then just just get the food from the shop and then fly it to that person's house.
4: That, that sounds about right. Exactly right, Eliza. Well done. That's exactly what we do. And do you think that
1: that is interesting, Eliza? Yeah. Do you think that's do you think that's really good? Mhm. Mmm. So Eliza, mm-hmm. you in front of you mm-hmm. have five marshmallows. Five marshmallows. Mm -hmm. now if you really like Bobby's idea you can give him all five of your marshmallows Um. (laughs) and then you might get more marshmallows in the future Mm -hmm. if it does very well and IPOs in seven to to eight years. Uh, I don't know what that means. I was joking but if you think it's
4: Not that great.
1: You can give him one. And if you hate it, Mm -hmm. you can give him zero marshmallows, and Bobby will be very sad. He might cry.
4: (laughs) So, the question is, Eliza if you give me all five of your marshmallows, Mm -hmm. then I'll give you part of my business. So, then you'll be able to order all your own sweets forever and get them for free. But you have to give me all five of your marshmallows. Okay. Well, I already think it's really, really good. <sighs> okay. Big moment then. Drum roll, please.
1: <laughs> <Daddy>. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Bobby how many marshmallows you are going to give him.
5: Okay. Five. <laughs> five marshmallows. Five.
4: Jackpot, we're IPOing. Thanks, Eliza. You are the best. You know business. You have chosen wisely, my little friend.
1: That's his marshmallow series B. Done. Okay.
4: She's still taking the
0: marshmallows. (laughs) I think this
4: check might bounce.
1: (laughs) So there we have it. A very successful pitch from Bobby Healy. And thank you to Bobby, Maya Palmer, Shiborne O'Neill, Linda Leiden, and of course, Eliza for speaking with us. You can read more of our reporting on Startup Europe at sifted.eu, as well as our many newsletters and on Twitter at sifted.eu. If you'd like unlimited access to our journalism, including deep dive sector reports, investigations and exclusive events, you can also become a sifted member using the promo code podcast20 for 20% off. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. Tune in to the next episode where we'll be diving into the world of psychedelics and how mind-altering substances are making their way into the world of startups and tech companies. The Sifted podcast is produced by Georgina Ustick and edited by Tim Smith. I'm Sifted's editor, Michael Stothard, and I'll see you next week.